WQHT, New York City. Welcome to Hot 97's Street Soldiers, the hottest talk on radio. Hosted by Lisa Evers. Come on, there ain't no stress, and this one is straight for the girl, em. Enrique Iglesias, alongside, into the zona. The same Get the girl, em, into the zona. He does the big moan, trying to pile up in the air while we tell him for the truth. I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Follow me on Twitter, at Lisa Evers. Instagram, Lisa Evers Live. We're playing that because it's Hispanic Heritage Month. We're focusing on Latinos on the leading edge. Are Latinos reaching the American dream, redefining the American dream, or as they climb the ladder in whatever field they happen to be in, are they getting sideswiped by stereotypes? Give us a call now and let us know what you think at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. How big a problem are stereotypes for Latinos today? It doesn't matter what industry you're in, whether it's technology, whether it's film, whether it's television, whether it's the news business, whether it's entertainment, politics. That's what we want to get your opinion on and find out what's happening with you. So give us a call right now at one 800 223 9797. That's 1 800 223 9797. Or leave your comments on Twitter at Lisa Evers. Use hashtag HHM for Hispanic Heritage Month at Lisa Evers. And leave your comments also on Instagram at Lisa Evers Live. If you follow me, TJ is going to be posting a picture in just a moment. And you can leave your comments there on Instagram. Now, as you know, Hispanics hold more prominent positions and hold more power than ever before. We even have a Latino Pope, but some Latinos feel the stereotype. Stereotypes are still there, even though some of them may have gone undercover and some new ones may have popped up. And that the diverse and unique national differences of Hispanic countries are all being treated as if they're the same. And clearly they're not. This hour, we're going to take a close look at where Hispanics are today, celebrating the culture, talking about the success stories but also talking about some of the misconceptions. And we've got an amazing panel with us to do just that. Joining me in studio, my colleague from Fox 5, the one and only Audrey Puente. You see her, she's our Fox 5 meteorologist and feature reporter. Everybody's cheering in the studio for her. Good Good morning. And uh, if you know her history, she's part of a legendary New York Latino family. Her father is uh, was Latin jazz le- legend Tito Puente. Her brother Tito Puente Jr. has been with us here on Street Soldiers before. Audrey, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Please don't blame me for the cold weather in New York City, though. <laughs> I know it's really chilly out there. But it'll be warmer tomorrow, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. It'll be a bit it's nice. You can throw a little leather jacket hey. on. Well, it's always hot where the Latinas are, so I think we'll be okay. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. Definitely. Also with us. This is Ulysses Torero. Uh, Yuli is with UTC Casting. He is a, a film and television director, producer, and casting director. And he's been in the business for a long time and seen it from inside out. Yuli, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You're a trooper. Yeah, we know. The party The party went on all night and you're still here at Street Soldiers. That's what I call dedication. That's a professional. When you can party all night and still make it to your appointments in the morning. 
That's cool. Don't try it at home. <laughs> you have to be a pro. Also with us is artist Lumi D. She, her new joint is called Mars featuring Bodega Bams. Lumi, you know, is from East Harlem. She's been touring and working a lot in Europe during a lot of pro, doing a lot of projects. She just dropped a mixtape on Tuesday. We're going to talk with her about her career and also being in all these different countries. So, Lumi, thank you so much for being with and us. Thank you for having me. We really appreciate it. And also joining yeah. us on the phone is Bronxboro President. President Ruben Diaz Jr., longtime oh. friend of ours and supporter. Hey, Ruben, how are you? Good morning. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning to all your panelists. Uh, especially good morning to my good friend Audrey. Good morning, Ruben. <laughs> yes, so happy to hear your voice. We're so, Thank you. We're so happy to have you, Ruben. When you look at the uh, progress Latinos are making in the political sphere, what do you see happening? Uh, first of all, let me just say that. When you raise the three important elements uh, and setting the premise of this, this conversation, you say, where, where are we? Where have we been? Are the stereotypes still there? Uh, and the answer to that is all of the above, Lisa. Uh, in politics, I remember when there was this big struggle, uh, and I'm a product of that, back in the 60s and the 70s, uh, where people, individuals like um, Herena Valentin, you had individuals like Ramon Velez, and so many others who were fighting the system and trying to create opportunities so that one day someone like myself uh, can serve in, in the position of, of borough presidency. Uh, in this day and age, there's no doubt, there's no question that politically we have really um, surpassed uh, even some of the expectations that some of those pioneers had set for future generations of Latinos. When you look at how many members of Congress uh, there are, uh, when you look at someone like Sonia Sotomayor, who hails from the Bronx, uh, from the Samu section of the Bronx, and has risen to be the the uh, high uh, to the, the highest court uh, of the on land? On the Supreme Court, she's on the yeah, Supreme Court. On the Supreme Court, um, at the same oh, and someone like Melissa Marguerito, who is uh, the Speaker of the New York City Council. I mean, that is a big, big deal for us as Latinos. Uh, the problem is that we still. Uh, have to continue to um, make sure that, that, that we break ground. For instance, in the city of New York, we've never had a mayor who was Latino in the state of New York. We've never had any Latinos uh, in the three positions of state government. Uh, we in the United States, aside from Sonia Sotomayor, still haven't had a president or vice president. And the negative uh, stereotypes are still there. Like, for instance, when they say things like, what are the Latino issues? Well, our issues are the same issues as everybody else's. We want a uh, safe community. We want good education for our kids. We want jobs with good-paying wages. We want to be able to afford where we live. So uh, those aren't necessarily Latino issues. Those are American issues, and those are the same things that Latinos want. Uh, as a Puerto Rican, it, it's still sad that out of the 435 members of Congress, only three are Puerto Rican. So that just shows you why we've come a long way. Uh, we we still are m- trying to make our mark. We still experience stereotypes. Uh, and at the same time, I mean, look, how many times a Latino speaks, and if they don't have that Latino or the, or the, um, the Spanish accent, rather, uh, other folks come up to you and say, oh, you're so well-spoken. You speak so well. And that's because uh, there was a stereotype initially that maybe they would have a heavy accent or would not have good enunciation or good pronunciation of certain words. So we still combat against that. And then, and I'm going to stop here and and provoke this conversation a little bit, the other element that you did not mention that I think we should speak of is while we face all this adversity, we still face the in-house fighting among Latinos. 
Mm-hmm. All right, there it is. Ruben Diaz, Jr., uh, Bronx Borough President, thank you so much for being with us this morning. We really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, thank you. Yuli, as a casting director, as a director, as a producer, you've been in the entertainment business, seen it from the inside, even going on casting calls yourself at the beginning of your career. What about what Ruben was saying in terms of the accent, that they see your name, it's a Latino role, and tell us about some of the things that that have happened to you. Um, that's one of the main reasons why I got, got behind the scenes. I started as an actor, and I would go into a casting for a Latino, and I would go in there and say, you know, back in the days, it was just like, give me the purse, you know, give me the money. You know, here's crack, like just very stereotypical roles. And I would go, give me your money. And they would go, okay, that was cool. Um, can you be just a little bit more Latino? And I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, excuse me, Miss Non-Latino. What do you mean? You know, like a little bit more Latino. I'm like, okay, explain to me. You know, like, give me the purse, man. Orale. Pato. <laughs> wow. And I'm just like, okay, um, what does this take place in Harlem? And at that point, you know, no one spoke like that that was Latin in Harlem. Right. So, so it was confusing to me. And, and time and time again, they wanted this accent that didn't exist in New York. So I was like, I used to say, man, I, I, I got to become a casting director because this is just really absurd and, and, and time and time again that's what they wanted and it was just very frustrating and then um eventually getting into casting you know it was it was always like a stereotype that they needed that they wanted and, and it was just so frustrating and I, and, and I became a caster to make a difference and I've been casting for over 20 years now and um you know I'm responsible for I would say a lot of the Latinos and African Americans that are union actors now in Hollywood because we that was the start of a movement in the early 90s and get and getting them in and getting them on Audrey Puente as as, as a Latina in the mainstream media have you encountered people with different perceptions I mean there've been tremendous advances and you know celebrations we do the Puerto Rican Day parade every year which is fantastic but uh, what what's been your experience I have to say mine has actually been mostly positive being Latina because I um, first of all, I studied in a field of meteorology, which is dominated by Caucasian males. And the fact that I was Latina, I think, really made me stand out. And I took advantage of the fact that because I was Spanish, I'd probably be more marketable moving into television. Uh, the fact that I actually am a degreed meteorologist is a major plus. There aren't too many, at least when I started, there weren't too many of us. And now there's a growing number of Latin meteorologists. Here in New York City, I was the first female meteorologist on network television, filling in for uh, the early show on CBS. I'm also the first Latina meteorologist as a chief meteorologist at a New York station. So I, I have found it to be a positive experience to be Hispanic. And in terms of the in terms of the culture, Ruben, are you still with us? Oh no, we lost Ruben. Okay, so so you've had a po- you've had a positive, but there, there's also that element. He was Ruben was talking about the you know differences between the le- the different uh, you know the different nationalities, which we'll talk about in a minute. But in in terms of like the family aspect too, that's a, that's a very big part of your life, and also just the whole Hispanic culture, all of them. Uh, being yeah, being being Latina. Yes. Um, well, yeah, because you know, family is a major part of being Hispanic. And we, you know, we um, we embrace it very much. It's very important. As we said before the show started, we we take our kids everywhere where we go. I can remember being uh, young. For those of you that are listening, may not know my my dad was Tito Puente, and um, I can just remember being in nightclubs when I was two and three years old, sleeping in banquettes with my brother because <laughs> they. they told oh, your us, dad was performing. Yes, and, and the, actually, a funny story about that is uh, the song Oye Como Va, which everyone loves 
Jones was always his finale. And to me, whenever I heard that song, I knew that we were going home soon because it was the last <laughs> song and it was three in the morning and my brother and I are sleeping in the, you know, in the banquettes. And Oye, como va? And that means we're going home even, to our beds. Even now when I hear the song, I think, oh yeah, that's the end of the night. I'm going home. I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> it's like the party closer, yeah, right. the club closer right. song. But that's an example of, you know, the, we, they, we bring our kids everywhere. I have three children of my own and now I, I, I bring them everywhere we go. So um, family is very important. That's fantastic, Louis. Tell us about tell us about your career. We know we know how you started and what yes. what you've been up to lately. Well, I mean, I've since 2003. You know, I came out in 2003 with Never Leave You. Uh oh, and um, since then, pretty much everything took off for me overseas. So um, I've been back and forth traveling overseas, doing different projects. You know, um, since then I released two albums, multiple mixtapes, just grinding it out. You know, um, but um, my experience experience as as um a latina is it's it's been so so you know like you go um i'll say overseas like people definitely um like i didn't over here like in new york i didn't feel any different you know because it's the melting pot it's like but when i go overseas i step in a room and people look at me different and um the way i talk is different you know so i've 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 gotten like shush like because I'm I'm from New York, so I talk strongly, I speak aggressively, so sometimes people don't really get it. Like they think you're fighting or arguing and it's and like, then you're no. a beautiful and then you're yeah. a beautiful woman. So they're like, What is this beautiful yeah. woman and, and she's like, really Shh. like what is wrong? And it's like, We just talking, what are you talking about? <laughs> like so I've definitely had those kind of, you know, experiences. But um as far as in in the music business, it's it's been you know like like you say it's negative and positive. When I first came out, I came out on a, on a reggae rhythm. So before people seen the music video, they thought I was Jamaican, you know. And then once they seen the music video, it's like, oh, why you picked a reggae rhythm? Like I grew up listening to reggae too. I grew up listening to all this music. So necessarily just because I'm Puerto Rican doesn't mean I have to just do Latin music or Latin speaking you know things like um i've gotten that oh you speak good english like for me english is my first language i was born and raised in new york you know so um it's just yeah there's definitely stereotypes out there and a lot of different you know you, you have different experiences i can't say it's all bad but it's it's not all good either yeah there's just a, just a variety yeah yeah well 1-800-223-9797 all right let's go uh check in on the house mr house slippers here Joel Ortiz <laughs> chilling in his house slippers at some VIP suite in Atlantic City, but still, oh, no, nice. no. <laughs> still calling in the street soldiers, my brother. What's going on? I'm good. I actually came down downstairs in my house slippers and quickly ran back up because it's like minus 30. So <laughs> I am not in no VIP suite. I'm outside in my Sacconis and sweatpants. Oh my God. Well, we, we appreciate you calling in. Hey, listen, tell us what's going on with you with house slippers man house first of all house Slippers is the title of my album it came out uh 9 uh 9 16th september 16th uh, a few weeks ago it, it was it, um debuted at number five on the chart so i'm really happy mm-hmm. about that and um i'm just in a good space right now um i, I titled it house slippers because i wanted to let people know that this was going to be the album where it felt like i never left home to go to work to record so i bring that that uh home vibe to the studio I did a lot, a large majority of the album, like in slippers and like sweats and like just bring that boom feeling to the studio. And, and it, it just came out how it came out. I just, I didn't want to search for songs I was going to write about. This time I just let, you know, the human being 
write what he wanted to talk about and just talk directly to my fans. That's fun, Lisa. And Joel, what about the uh, being Latino and being in hip hop? Has that played any kind of role in your career? Because you're you're right in the middle of the whole thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was listening to to, to Lumi. What's up? How you doing? What's going on? I'm good. <laughs> I'm okay. Congratulations I'm okay. on everything, man. Thank you so much. Same to you. Um, yeah, I, like there's a lot of there's a lot of obstacles. Like to add to what you were saying, there's a lot of little obstacles when it comes to Latins and hip hop. Like, I mean, I know me personally. Like when I when in my entry to the game, like I constantly, constantly got booked in Latin rap venues. And I just wanted to be in hip hop venues. Like, you know, I, I don't I don't I don't not love who I am. I just wanna be a hip hop artist and like be looked at for that, like for the sound and the things I say, not for necessarily what my heritage is. But I, you know, I had to constantly prove and prove and prove myself again because of the fact that I'm Latin in a predominantly like African American culture, like to be honest with you. I guess, you know, you know, when you see me or when they see me, they meaning like you know, you know, the business. They say automatically, "Well, okay, Joel Ortiz, what is he doing? Is he like reggaeton, or is he is he, <laughs> is he singing Spanish? Like, what, what is it like?" And then when they hear me, they're like, "Oh, he's tough." And that's because, like, you know, I, I grew up. You know, hip hop raised me. Like, I listened to all that '90s. You know, the Wu Tang, Dr. Effect, uh, Nas, uh, you know, Cool G Rap, and the early Jay Z and Biggie. Like, these are. These are the people that raised me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was like my stepdad. You know what I'm saying? I said that on the uh, single I put out, Music Day in My Life. I said, um, Daddy Left Bad. It was cool, though, because music was my stepdad. Like, every, I learned everything there was to know from hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? So I talk like a hip-hop artist. I, I, I walk like one. Like, you know, and it, it's just, it's tough because I, I, get, I run into these fans, Lisa, like, and, you know, they're Puerto Rican and they're proud. And, they're, you know, yo, 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 he's doing it for us. Like, but it, I don't. I don't know if they really know how tough it is because you know they constantly ask you know, why. Why ain't more breaking in? Why ain't more breaking in? And and the honest answer is that I think that more people need to support each other. Puerto Rican rappers, like yeah, like you know, go right. get Fat Joe's album, get my album, like yeah. you know. And if we win, we win. If that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like right. everybody, we, everybody, you're opening the yeah. door. You, you make we got to show strength. We got to show strength in numbers. Like, and it's all it's like, I know like a lot of Puerto Rican people, they don't support like hard hip hop. They like dancey stuff. They like salsa. They like merengue. They like, oh, you know, they don't really want to buy like hard hip hop. Like, I don't know if it's because it reminds them of the struggles and all of us sharing one pot Leo when we were little, but whatever <laughs> Whatever it is, like you got to support your um, hip hop, you know, your Latin hip hop artist if you want us to move forward. No, definitely. Well, Joel, listen, thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate it. And go out and uh, check out House Slippers. Thank you so much. And good, good luck with the so album. Much. Good luck with everything. Thank you. All right, babe. Thank you very much. All right. All right. All right let's, yep. ta- let's take a phone call here. 1 800 223 9797. Let's go to Roberto from New Jersey. Roberto, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi, how are you? Um, one of the things that I was uh, wanted to speak about was, um, I guess, uh, one of my concerns is when we when we speak about Hispanic people. Um, I, I am a Puerto Rican descent. We speak about them as with uh, with a great deal of homo- uh, homogeneity. We speak about them as if they all have the same concerns and cares. And uh, my chief concern in my life as a Hispanic person or just as an American is definitely economic freedom. I mean, I am a conservative. I do not align myself with a lot of uh, liberal ideals. Um, and. Uh, uh, in my life, I have ne- not necessarily uh, received a lot of uh, uh, scrutiny because I've been his- because I'm Hispanic. I do grow up in a mostly uh, white neighborhood, 
I got more uh, negative attention because not only am I Hispanic, but I don't carry the party line. I am a conservative person, and uh, going to college and receiving my master's degree, that was more of a concern for anybody. Less, less the fact that I'm Hispanic and more the fact that not only am I Hispanic, but I do not carry, uh, quote-unquote, typical Hispanic belief systems. And uh, I find it interesting, you know, the way in which we speak about Latinos is that, you know, we, our concerns are not all the same. Our concerns are very, very different depending upon what household we come from. Yes, we probably eat the same food, we dance to the same music, but intellectually, we're very, very diverse people. No, I, I, think think that's that's true. I think that's true. Of, I think that's true. I think that's true. True of every culture is you're going to have people with different beliefs just because of a certain particular national background or cultural heritage or ethnic background. People are going to have different opinions. Let me bring in James Lopez right now. James is a uh, he's a Latino in technology. So we want to hear about what his experience has been. James, thanks so much for joining us this morning. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, you know, I represent um, the FastStartup.com, and um, we're basically an organization that tries to bring awareness to technology startups to minorities, to people in the hip-hop culture. Um, And unfortunately, there's less than 1% of us out there. Like 1% of us have uh, computer science degrees. And then you go up to the master side, and it's even less. So I'm I'm one of like the the, the the I guess the chosen few right now to represent our culture, um, and it's been it's been pretty difficult, man. We don't we don't really get that that acknowledgement that we deserve. Um, like like the man said earlier, um, we represent different sides of the Latino culture, so we represent more the hip hop side. So even within our own culture, sometimes we might get blocked out a little bit or isolated because of the style that we present, which is more about the hip hop base, you know, the swag, the way we move. We we like to take these tech companies and break them apart, show people that they they are they are built just like hip-hop artists or like hip-hop businesses in yeah. hopes that people will say, hey, you know what? I don't need to build, uh, I don't need to play basketball. I don't really need to rap. I can build the next Facebook. Why just become a consumer? I, I was going to say. Um, and it's, it's been difficult. James, hold on one yeah. second. James, I was going to say, uh, this is Audrey Puente here on the on the. On the, I was saying on the phone, but also on the air. Um, I agree with you because uh, I'm a meteorologist and I'm Puerto Rican, and it's very, un- it's almost unusual. As I stated earlier, I'm in, I'm in a field that's dominated by Caucasian males, and to be a female Latina meteorologist, I have felt definitely um, sticking out like a sore thumb, but in a but in a positive way because I feel like um, it, it markets me much better, and I feel like I'm definitely paving the way for others to be right behind me. Mm-hmm. Don't get too close to behind me. And I, I enjoy my job, but <laughs> <laughs> no. And, and, and it's true, you know, the, the paving the way. That I guess that's the the hardest part because since we're since we're new to the field and we're so different, um, you have to pave the way. But also, you start feeling like, am I doing it correctly? Like, am I really mm-hmm. representing now? And sometimes it's not really you. It's society. Like, if society doesn't let you in. You really don't know yes. what you're doing work. I, yeah. I agree with you. And, yes, because you know, that's horrible. Yes, I, I agree with you. Because sometimes I feel like because I'm in a field or in a career or in a science-based forum where it's not typically Latino, I'm, I may be shunned a little bit or being like, you're not really but those are the stereotypes. Exactly. Because it's like, I, yeah. I am. I'm Puerto Rican because I'm a meteorologist, because I'm yeah. a scientist. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not a, a rapper or whatever people typically think Latinos are. That doesn't make me less Latina because I'm, I'm a meteorologist. I mean, I, I agree with you on that on that point james just quickly tell us in in terms of when you when you look at the whole technology field as part of the issue education too because some of the same education issues that are challenging the african-american community inner city communities definitely affect latinos 
Oh, hell yeah, it's definitely education. I mean, if, if you think about computer science, it's usually um, an old white guy that dominates the scene. Um, and you, you think, hey, for me to study computer science, I need to be this great mathematician. And it's true, you do, you need, you do need to learn how to, how to do proper math, but computer science isn't that, that hard or that difficult if you really want to do it. So I think um, a lot of us are just afraid because we don't see enough of us doing it. There's not enough of us actually in the computer science field or in the tech field really representing us. And what about and, in terms uh, we, of... We like, we like to be around people that look like us. And what about in terms of the opportunities? What about in terms of the opportunities? Uh, I'm sorry, say that again? What about in terms of the opportunities? Oh, the opportunities are huge, are huge. Now with, with tech, with the way tech has um, changed, you don't even need a college degree anymore to build the next Facebook. All you need to mm-hmm. do is sit in front of a computer and learn how to code for two or three months and just build out the simplest version of the app that you want to build. Like, it, it sounds so easy, and it is. You just need to know where to find all this information. So where and is the best that's place? That's why we decided to do it. Well, for people so that are for listening us, right... For us, we use, for us, we use the fatstartup.com. That's the P-H-A-T startup.com. Um, but we also use other sites like Code Academy, Skillshare.com. There's resources out there like crazy. I mean, on YouTube, there's so many lessons. Um, that's something that we do. We bring a lot of our tech friends that are of color, and they actually sit down for a whole hour and educate you on what they did, how they did it, how they went from zero customers to a thousand customers, how they built the tech app without knowing how to code one single line. It's possible. It's just we, we were never given that, that chance to learn these things. And it, it has to do with fear. No, that's fear a great. Of learning the unknown. That's a, that's a great point, and I think I think that would be a really really great show, Audrey. Yeah, I want to also chime in on what you just said about how it's sort of uncomfortable for people to actually venture out in some of these fields because they don't see a lot of Latinos in them, and they may feel uncomfortable. Uh, with that, I, I would tell anybody listening, whether you're Latino or not, follow your passion because no matter yeah. what, as long as you're doing what you love, which is what I'm doing. It's all going to work out for you, whether you're Latino or not. I mean, people would think because my father was Cito Puente, I've gotten so many times people telling me, why aren't you in the music business? How come you're oh. not playing this? I mean, <laughs> yeah. so, so it's almost worked against you in, a, in one yeah. sense. And it's like, well, my father, <laughs> didn't your, your dad teach you anything? I'm like, yeah, my father taught me to follow my passion because that's what he did. And I'm passionate about weather and that's why I'm in the field that I'm in. And that's why you're a meteorologist and a scientist. Exactly. All right, James Lopez, thank you so much. Uh, I think we got to do a whole show on this whole technology thing, but they, they, thank you so much Let's for coming. Let's do it. Have a good we will. Thank, Thank you for having me. All right. Our pleasure. Yuli. Yeah, I just want to say one thing about what he was saying about uh, why there aren't enough you know, people wanting to do technician. Uh, the, a problem I've learned, like I speak at the high schools. I used to speak at the three worst high schools in New York every year. And um, I went to a private school. And um, what I've noticed with my daughter, too, like I'll have her hang out with some kids that are from the inner city and they just had two different levels because she lives in Comac, Long Island, where the high schools are phenomenal. I mean, she takes there's a hundred different activities. She's a cheerleader. She's in choir. She does plays. She mm-hmm. does all these things. And there's a similar girl, you know, that her same age in a high school in the Lower East Side. And they don't have no special activities and they don't have no computer classes and the teachers are mean and it's just a different upbringing. And when they speak, you, you would think my daughter's like five years older. You know, and I just I just feel that in the inner cities, the schools they probably throw the worst teachers in there. The teachers yeah. don't care about the kids. Like it's just a different environment. So it's like I just feel that that you know maybe because it's taxes, the taxes in Comac are really high, so the schools are phenomenal. There's no taxes in the Lower East Side, so the schools suck. But it's like 
you know, you grab a kid from the Lower East Side in the hood, and you grab a kid from Long Island, and you put them together, and they're in two different it all It always comes back to the issue of education. We're going to continue talking about this. We're talking about Hispanic Heritage Month. We've been talking a lot about the Puerto Rican culture, too. I don't want to neglect Dominicans. I don't want to uh, uh, neglect uh, <laughs> you shaking his head. I don't want, yeah. I don't want to, you know, let, let's talk Latinos. about that, too. Like the yes. Mexicans, the Central Americans, we have so many different uh, different cultures here that are, that are at play, especially here in New York. York City right now. But you're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Twitter, at Lisa Evers. Instagram, Lisa Evers Live. Hot 97, where hip-hop lives. And you know, you win the hottest free tickets here. Listen to win tickets to the Def Jam 30th Anniversary Concert at the Barclays Center on October 16th. Rick Ross, 2 Chains, DMX, Fabulous, Method Man, Red Man, Ashanti, so many more. It's going to be an awesome (laughs) contest. And uh, you can win free tickets here on Hot 97. We'll be right back. First time, Hot 97 is a part of the Circle of Sisters Expo. Two days of seminars, concerts, and empowerment for the ladies. But fellas, if your girl drag you to the spot, we got something for you too. Check it out. Hot 97 presents the Man Cave at Circle of Sisters. It's the first time Circle of Sisters is taking care of the guys. So bring your husbands and your boyfriends. We'll be playing video games, be a video game tournament, and we'll be watching football. <laughs> While the ladies talk about all that bullshit. Ebro in the morning, we in there this year. You know what it is? Funk Flex, I'm there, but at the classic cars, the muscle cars, we there. This weekend at the Jacob Javits Center in Manhattan. Presented by SIG Headphones, sound is genius. Made hot by Delarusso Laser Vision. Call 1-800-I-CARE. The New York City Department of Health reminds you that one more drink can hurt. Cut off your friends from hurting themselves or others. Get tickets now at circleofsisters.com. If it sizzles and crackles and comes from the kitchen, it's breakfast. If the aroma wakes you up, it's breakfast. Have breakfast for breakfast. Fresh made from our kitchen. The Egg McMuffin, only from McDonald's. Goes perfect with a fresh brewed cup of McCafe coffee. For a limited time at McDonald's, get any size McCafe coffee for just $1. Made from 100% Arabica beans, it's another way to love McCafe. Prices and participation may vary. A la carte only. I just saw the first sign of fall. Ooh, are the leaves changing colors? No. Did the temperature drop? No. Um, football season? No. What sign are you talking about? The sign in the McDonald's window. It brought back their pumpkin spice latte. I cannot wait for my next coffee break. Ooh, make that our next coffee break. Indulge a little with the McCafe Pumpkin Spice Latte, brewed with 100% espresso from Rainforest Alliance Certified Farms. It's the perfect way to bring in the fall season. When fall allergies strike, Walgreens knows that millions get caught at the corner of I need relief and I need it yesterday. Luckily, we have a full assortment of Walgreens brand allergy solutions at a value you can trust. And because we're right around the corner, we'll have you in, out, and feeling like yourself again faster. Walgreens, at the corner of happy and healthy. Now with card and in-store coupon, select 150-count Walgreens brand allergy products are only $19.99. Use as directed. Earnings vary based on your effort. Do you want to learn how to make money flipping houses right here in New York and New Jersey? If so, we have an amazing opportunity for you. We're looking for a small group of motivated individuals to join our real estate investing team. You'll learn our simple three-step system for flipping homes right here in the local area. This is Stan Merrill, star of A&E's hit TV show, Flip This House. My team and I are looking for a handful of people in the New York and New Jersey area who want to learn how to make money flipping houses in your spare time using other people's money. New York and New Jersey are perfect markets for my system. And next week, I'm holding a free two-hour educational workshop where you will learn how to make money flipping homes and how to build long-term wealth with income properties. 
To get two free tickets to Than's Workshop, call 1-800-339-3418. Seating is extremely limited. Call in the next 10 minutes and you'll also reserve a free copy of Than's Money for Deals Guide. That's 1-800-339-3418. That's 1-800-339-3418. What makes a good thing even better? How about having twice as much of it? For a limited time, Boost Mobile now offers you double the high-speed data while dropping the price. Yes, double the high-speed data while dropping the price. Let that sink in for a second. Okay, now just to make sure you heard me right, Boost Mobile is now offering double the high-speed data while dropping the price. I'm not kidding. Unlimited talk and text, and now with double the data starting at only $35 a month. That's lots of freaking data for not a lot of dough. Listen, you've got to get in on this double dose of data. Seriously, why pay more when you can pay less for twice as much? Hurry up. This offer will not last forever. Visit BoostMobile.com or your local Boost Mobile retailer for details. Offer ends 11-3-14. Boost has no annual contract. Double the data from Boost's previous offers. Offers and coverage not available everywhere and subject to change. Offer network use rules and other restrictions apply. Visit BoostMobile.com for details. Funk Flex, baby! And I'm here to let you know that Sansone Auto Mall is having a massive sale on their entire inventory. That's $5,000 off dealer posted price on all makes and models. Sansone Auto Mall, Route 1 in Woodbridge, and SansoneAuto.com. New York City, it's Miguel, and you're tuning to the Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real people, real issues, and real politics. Only on Hot 97. Welcome back to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers, your host. Hispanic Heritage Month, the whole Latino culture, what's going on, stereotypes, success stories, new issues, or as Ruben Diaz Jr., Bronx Royal President, said, all of the above. Give us a call and let us know what you think. What's been your experience? 1-800-223-9797. Latino population is growing in the United States pretty much faster than just about any other segment of the population. And yet there are still issues and stereotypes that are out there as people progress with their own lives. We've got a great cast. A great cast. See, the casting, got the casting director. <laughs> got a great panel here. It's so, we're so entertainment-oriented today. I love it. We have Audrey Puente, my colleague at Fox 5. She's a meteorologist and feature reporter, part of a legendary New York family. Her father was jazz Latin jazz legend Tito Puente. And... Uh, She's talking, about, She's talking to us about, about all that. <laughs> Ulysses Torero, UT Casting, UlyssesTorero.com. He's a director, producer, casting director for film, television, and music videos. Also with us is Lumi D. She's an artist. Her latest joint is Mars featuring Bodega Bams. You can see that on YouTube. She just dropped a mixtape Call this Lumi. week. Call Lumi. It's on datpiff.com. All right. Yes. <laughs> Call Lumi. Yes, yes. From East Harlem. Your telephone calls at one 800 223 9797 1 800 223 9797. Let's go to uh, Dan- Daniel from Brooklyn. Daniel, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi, how are you? All right, how are um, you doing? I'm okay. Um, I just wanted to talk about, like, um, about like sticking together. Like, I was listening to Joel Ortiz earlier, and he was talking about, like, about like Puerto Ricans and Spanish people in general sticking together. I, I don't feel like is as much as sticking sticking together is more about supporting each other because yeah. I feel like that there's not enough support. We don't support no. each other. It's like the way it is is like um like get out of the way so I get there. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like yeah. like it's it's like with Spanish people, like I don't wanna single out anybody but I'm I'm Dominican and Puerto Rican and I live in Sunset Park. And uh mm. like Which Dominican has a lar- which has a large Mexican population. 
from yeah, people Yeah, I know, but know. there's Dominicans and Puerto Ricans. Before the Mexicans, there's a lot of Puerto Ricans. <laughs> so, like, I just feel like that, like, let's say, for example, if, I, if, if they see me do good, like, if they see me going to school, have a job, and all this, like, they won't support me. They'll just look at me funny and say, oh, yeah, whatever, do what you what, do, what you do. And while they're chilling, you know, smoking and drinking. No, they'll treat you like, like you think you're better than them. Like, oh, you exactly. think you're better than us? Because you, instead of being supportive and mm-hmm. like, yeah, do this. And, and probably you do it too. If you yes. see me do it, you can do it. You exactly. know? Exactly. I, I, I get it. Yeah, and then the, the other problem is, is that when you actually try to speak like positively to, to your, um, like, you know, when you try to speak positively, positively to them, like they just say yeah yeah uh huh yeah and then like it's like they don't want to hear about it so it's like it's why true. bother hey you got so you, you got to do it's true. hey D- Daniel you got to do you but thank you so much for calling in we appreciate it Okay. And, and good luck with everything. I want to bring into the conversation right now Rick Nahara. He's a television executive and author of an award-winning book called Almost White, Forced Confessions mm-hmm. of a Latino in Hollywood. Rick, did I pronounce your name correctly? Yeah, you pronounce it correct enough. Trust me. It was good. <laughs> Nahara? I mean, tell me. Well, yeah. I don't want to do just good enough. I want it to be perfect. Oh. I'm okay, sorry. Okay, it'd be like, like, like uh, Rick Nahara. Nahera. 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 That makes me sound even more foreign than I am. <laughs> Nahera. All right. Yeah. Nahera. Just, just give us okay. in, a, in, in a thumbnail sketch here the, the premise of your book, Almost White. Is this about whether you're feel, being Latino and feeling like, okay, am I down with the blacks? Am I down with the whites? Do I have to choose? What's my racial well, identity? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that that's not what it's about. But a lot of people sometimes see that. I mean, I, I'm I don't have to choose. I, I'm I'm down with black people, white people, brown people, every people. You know, that's there's no race but the human race. That's the way I look at it. But almost white is how the media sees Latinos, and that's why they ignore us. They go, well, they're not really black. To them, minorities mm-hmm. black. There's not any other minority. And then they look at us. They go, well, they're not white. So what they are is almost white, and that's why they ignore us because. Not just me saying it, but USC came out with a big study, and they found out out of 150 films that were done recently, there's less than 4% had Latinos in them. And the women, the Latinas that were in those films, were either nude, 38%, were either nude or partially nude, which means we are underrepresented and underclothed. You know what I'm saying? Why do you think that is? Well, a lot of times it's, it's the white guys that are, that are writing the stories. You know, you, you write they, what you that's know. That's how you see the Latin women. That's like, it. sec- it's just a sexual thing. It's, it's over-sexualization. Yeah. 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 They make the Latin women, you know, hot, spicy mamas. And I'm not saying yeah. Latinas are not beautiful and, and sexy and all those things. But if you say that's all they've got, then they become objects, not mm-hmm. dimensional human not beings. Not three-dimensional, not, not, not fully three-dimensional human beings. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I, I, I have a wife who's a wife, a mother, and a businesswoman. So she's, mm-hmm. she's many things. But that gives her her humanity, and that's what happens when you when you don't tell your own stories. People tell it for you, and that mm. becomes a problem. And so mm-hmm. when our stories aren't being told by us, they're being told by other people in the media. Then we've got these these distortions. I mean, there was another survey that came out, and they found out that eighty percent of a lot of of fifteen hundred Anglo Americans were surveyed. They found out eighty percent felt that Latinos were either in gangs or in some involved in some crime. That means one of us in this phone is a gang leader. And that's not true. <laughs> all right. yeah, that's you know, there's been something I've been wanting yeah. to tell you all for a long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. That's yeah. crazy. It's a street soldier's gang. That's, that's our crazy. gang. <laughs> it's cool. New, news gang. I'm, 
I'm in Los Consumers. We abuse credit. That's my game. <laughs> well, no, that's the American. That's called America. So, so Rick, what in, in, ter- in terms of people that are getting into the entertainment industry, getting into the news business, getting into television, what advice do you have for them as they confront these issues? Well, you know, I always tell people, you know, be who you are, number one. You don't have to apologize who you are, where you're from. Who you are and where you're from is what makes you who you are and where you're from. And that makes your own set of, of, of you don't want to lose that. In other words, when the media does go out and they say, we, we need to get uh, a Latino, notice, and, and anyone else, they, they are. I've worked with Rosie Perez, you know, as a writer in, in Living Color. You know, I've worked Rosie with Perez. Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. And yeah. they are who they are. And that's great. You know, and that's what you need to be. Unfortunately, you're going you're gonna, to uh, go through this, this, these problems, you know, when you go into the entertainment industry, because they're going to want to try to adapt to you. Either they're going to look at you as a Latina or an African-American and say, we want you more hood. Mm-hmm. I used to get this when I would come into, uh, you know, write shows, and they'd say, Rick, show me the pain of the barrio. I want to see that pain <laughs> in the barrio. Mm. That, that that poverty and suffering just feels so good. Show it to me. It feels and, and I'd say, yeah, I'd say, there's no pain in the barrio. It's when you leave the barrio, that's where the pain is. The barrio <laughs> is just your family, your friends. Yeah. You know, the people that are close. Neighborhood. Yeah. All right, Rick, Rick listen, we got to move on, but I want to thank you. so Rick Nahara, thank you so much for being with us. His book is called Almost White, Forced Confessions of a Latino in Hollywood. Thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right, thank Great you. Great to be on here. All right, Bye. thanks. That's Let's go funny. to uh, Felicia calling from Texas. Okay. Must be listening online on Hot97.com. Hey, Felicia. Hey, how y'all doing this morning? All right, how are you? You're listening to us from where in Texas? In El Paso, Texas. El Paso, Texas. Ooh, yeah, All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. How did you yeah. find us? I, I I just listen on iHeartRadio, honestly. You know, I enjoy your show when I wake up early enough. <laughs> I, I, I listen to your show pretty much every Sunday. So. All right. Well, thank you so much. You're following me on Twitter, at Lisa Evers. Got to get that Yes, in. I am. All yeah. right. So, so listen. So you're in Texas. So there's a whole different, a whole different view of Hispanics in yes. Texas. Yes, and it's um, it's crazy because uh, we were just uh, I'm taking a Chicano studies class right now, and um, we we're just discussing that basically. Um, it's just there's so many categories that we fall in here in Texas, especially. Um, you could either be Hispanic, Tijano, Chicano, um, some you know. But we were we were speaking on that basically on like. It's just when you when you're at home, you act more of your culture, and then when you go out in public, it's more like you have to fit into a um, a category. Either you're gonna act your your race, or you're gonna act you know a certain way. And um, that's what I was trying to explain earlier. Was just you know, it's kind of you need that unity. We need that unity in the Hispanic community. Have um, you have you had any problems because the the immigration issue is is, mm-hmm. is so controversial in Texas? Yeah, have you experienced any, have you experienced any unpleasantness or any you know just outright mm-hmm. discrimination, just plain rudeness? Yeah, well, actually, um, I'm I'm like four generation American, so um, I really don't have that problem. But just the fact I I know a lot of people who are going through that, and it's, you know they're first generation Americans, and it's just. Uh, yeah, it's basically, you know, it's it's kind of like a divide, you know, some people who've been here, especially in the border city, you've been here so long and you see people coming in and you're just like, you, you feel for them. But at the same time, there's a lot of like animosity between the culture. Like some people want them here, but some people don't, you know, kind of thing. And um, 
it's it's kind of like you. Some people understand the struggle, so they they allow it to happen. You know, so. Um, no, that's that's an interesting perspective. But Felicia, yeah. thank you so much for listening, and thank you for calling in. We appreciate it. All right, you're welcome. All right, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, let's go right now to uh, Yadira De La Riva. She's a Latina poet and theater out, uh, artist. This is perfect. Her, she has a solo show on U.S.-Mexico border identity entitled One Journey. Yadira, thank you so much for being with us. Yes, thank you so much for hosting this. Good morning. So, so, so tell us, the, um, the, the, your play and your performance is, is focused on the American dream. Well, that's uh, part of what it's questioning. Um, when when I try to talk about U.S.-Mexico border identity, is a lot of the communities that are along the border. And what we've seen in recent years is um, the reinforcement of the border, the building of the wall, the militarization of the border, all the money that goes into Border Patrol uh, and technology to guard this divide. And so what I try to question, because... Uh, through the experiences of my family that have been deeply affected by uh, immigration policy along the border, I try to question what American even means. Because uh, and what so does, and us, from from what you've seen, what do you see the American dream as? So, um, through interviews that I collected along the border, um, I asked a lot of people what it means because uh, I am trying to define it for myself. But um, to many of us, it it embodies um, values. So it's funny because I ask, okay, when I just ask generically, what does it mean? It means, you know, material wealth. It means, uh, you know, having a home, you know, a car, or some of these things that maybe are known to be American. But to us personally, um, it's values, and a lot of them are getting lost, um, you know, in, in terms of unity, in terms of support for one another, in terms of... Uh, compassion and seeing each other as human beings, you know, a lot of that is getting lost and trying to defend uh, this country through this wall and defending this American dream, which is really shallow and in a larger view of it. In a larger view of the thing. So, Yadira, people want to find out more because we're just about out of time. Uh, if they want to find out more about what you're doing, where can they track you down? Well, I've been conducting... Um, Theater of the Oppressed Workshops and also performing my show, One Journey, throughout the United States. So you can go to uh, com or onejourneychronicles.com and just find out uh, my schedule and where I'll be. And I'm happy to collaborate with um, activists and other artists about topics. Such like as this. Me. All right. Thank you so much. Good luck with everything. And thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Thank you again. All right. Thank you so much. Let me, uh, l- let's go to... Is it is it Azani? Ariani. Ariani. Yes. Okay. You're from the Bronx, and you're tell us what you're up to. Uh, good morning to everyone. Good morning. We are from the Latino uh, Faces Latin Cancer Foundation, and we promoting cancer awareness amongst Latino community, knowing that it's more than fifty three million Latinos in the United States. And we are the larger group when it comes to mortality rate. So we bring in awareness and we invite the people to come today. We have in the fourth Latinos Cancer Walk. It's the only one in the United States. And it's an initiative just to focus and to bring awareness to Latinos community. And where so is it, ha- where so is it la- happening? 
It's happening um, in Washington Heights, Dykeman and Broadway. They could take the A train to Dykeman. They could take the number one train to Dykeman. And we out on the street by 11 a.m. So Latinos Council Walk this morning. Latinos walking toward cancer-free futures. All right. Thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate it. If you're interested in participating in that, it's uh, Dykeman and Broadway at 11 a.m. this morning. Let's go right now. Let's bring in uh, Amakar Priestley. Amakar is the director of the Afro-Latin Project and dealing with the HIV and AIDS prevention uh, study. Mm-hmm. Amakar, thanks for, call- thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. Hi. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Santa, I appreciate it, having the time. I uh, first wanted to, uh, to shout out Yadira, great artist. Um, and I wanted to, uh, to touch base uh, with respect to some of the projects that we're working on. We've primarily been focusing on digital cultural preservation um, of Afro-Latino culture. Um, you know, we've talked about Afro-Latinidad generally this morning, and uh, the, the African component is a large component of a lot of Latinos' heritage. Uh, we make a one-third of the population in Latin America, so obviously here in the U.S. that diaspora is extended. Um, and we, one of the things that we try to do is bring light, recognition, and awareness to some of the issues that Afro-Latinos face in particular. A lot of the identity issues that were discussed earlier today, um, uh, we face. We face some backlash within the African-American community, as well as within the, within the Latino community, as well as amongst ourselves. Um, one of the things that James Lopez touched on with respect to coding that we do is that we feel that coding is an important component of, and, and the STEM work is an important component of general education, but we also have been pushing for the use of digital technology, in particular cell phones, given that Latinos uh, have a high usage of cell phones for cultural preservation. What, what does that mean? Oral histories, going into your mom's house and taking photos um, with her abuela back home, uh, and things of that nature. And this is an effort to preserve Latino culture, Afro-Latino culture, and what a, what a great idea. Elicar, it sounds like a great idea, and I wish we had more time to uh, to get into it. Just give people your website if they want more information, but it, it, just, it sounds like some wonderful ideas there. Absolutely. Thank you. It's uh, Afro Latino Project. That's A F R O T L A I N O Project.org. And you can check us out. We're also doing a, a My World campaign with the United Nations. We'd love for everyone to come out and participate. Thank All right, you. thank you so much for being with us. That, that website is afrolatinoproject.org. And then let's just talk about, you know, I, I want we're, we're hearing about different issues that are going on in terms of successes. Yeah. Like, Lumi, Lumi D, how did you, what are some of the things that have kind of helped you as you've gone into these different cultures as well, you know, when you're traveling I mean, and promoting your career? For me, I think, well, I, I, being Latin, like growing up, being Puerto Rican, being Latina, um, I've, I feel like it's like automatic that I knew I had to like fight and be strong and it, nothing was going to come easy. You know, I mean, I had a tough grandmother, a tough mom. Like they weren't, um, I'm not going to say they weren't motivating, but you know, um, they didn't have it easy, you know, and they didn't have all these opportunities that I seen growing up that I'm like, I'm getting out of here. I want to do this. I'm going to go for it. So it was kind of like that. Uh, you're not even going to finish high school. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. But all these things like, I had to motivate myself. I didn't really have all that around me. So as far as in when once I got in the business, I realized it wasn't an easy thing. And it's like it really wasn't even going to be too motivating in the business, you know, uh, unless it's something that you love. So music was just something that um, I grabbed onto. I loved it. Motivated me it was something that I, I had a passion for. And um, I, I went for it and it worked for me. But I, I want to say it, it didn't it wasn't 
easy and it's like I'm on a, I'm in a constant battle and fight you know to um continue doing this and I feel I have to work extra harder and um to be seen and even when they see it it's like oh that's that Spanish girl from back in the day it's like you get kind of shunned you get that you know so um it's like I'm um I'm trying to explain in the way where I like my struggle has been with even I think it's even more with Latin people being that um they don't like they say they don't support you as much because they feel they could do better like they could do what you even do even though do they're it not better. in the arena and they and haven't stepped up to the instead plate of and- exactly you know that's that's the thing everybody feels that they can do better instead of wow you're there let me support you and you know what you're opening that door you're opening that lane you know and and i could come in right after or, you know it's just showing you how to not showing you how to do it if you think you could no, do it you're paving the way exactly but I, I think we don't support each other enough and um there are big latin artists out there but they rather grab um like someone else you know what I mean? There's yeah. not like there's not a lot of us out there. So I feel the ones that are out there have to be more united and support each other more and I think it starts from us. For for us to grow, we have to support each other more. Definitely. You know? Oh, you're shaking your head on that one. Uh, I, I kind of relate in a way because uh, I grew up in the, in the 70s in the suburbs of New York City at a time where in the 70s, if you remember, that it was it was almost like we were trying, my parents, I think, were trying to Americanize me in a way. Um, they, you know, I went to a majority white school, a Caucasian school. They were like, I think I was one of like six Latinos and we all stuck together. <laughs> but um, you know, my parents a lot talked to me in, in English a lot. Surprisingly enough, being that my father was who he was, I was living in a mostly Americanized atmosphere, and I have felt that at times I am not Boricua enough. And I really felt yeah. that when I went to college in my undergraduate studies, there was a Hispanic sorority starting up, and they shunned me because I wasn't Latin enough. And I ended up joining the Jewish sorority. Wow. <laughs> you see? It's which, which I thrived in because I was the one Latina who was the spice of the house. But, yeah. The party um, starter. You know, I, I have definitely, unfortunately, felt discriminated against by my own people, but yeah. not embracing me because I don't appear Latin enough. I, I'm, you know, that's, I really feel like it's their issue, those individuals, not mine, because I still feel like I re- represent my culture in a positive way, and I'm proud of being Puerto Rican very much. So even if I don't uh, sound or maybe even appear sometimes as Puerto Rican as some people yeah. would like me to be. But in terms of, my, but in terms of, but that's also the evolution of people, the evolution of cultures, that, you know, things have to change and have to progress. But in, ter- in terms of your career, any success, any advice that you have for people? In, in terms of following things and just not listening to the haters. Like like uh, like Lumi just said, you know, it's about following your passion. Yeah. I've always felt that way in everything I do, I I feel passionate about. People often ask me, How do you do it all? You know, I I have three children, I have a full time job, I'm doing How this, do you do it, it all? <laughs> yeah. My answer every single time, Lisa, honestly, is that I'm passionate about every single thing I'm doing. If I don't like what I'm doing, I won't be doing it. It even happened when, you know, growing up in college having various jobs. If I didn't like what I was doing, I've had jobs for a week because I you know yeah. I don't like this. I'm not doing it. You have to mean it. You have to really mean it. Because it's not nothing's easy, no. so it's like you're gonna have to fight to do what you love to do. You True. know, listen, yeah. this ain't a dress rehearsal. We only yeah. do what, <laughs> right? Okay? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Time? Let's do it. Let's go all out. All right, Yuli. Final word here because we're just about out of time. All right. Um, the biggest problem with Latinos is that we separate ourselves from Puerto Rican, Dominican, Mexican, this, that, the third, and mm-hmm. higher class education, no education, rich, poor. If we all just became a one thing 
just Latin and like say Tyler Perry and 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 um, Robert Rodriguez, they had a following of people. Robert Rodriguez had the Mexicans when he does a Mexican mo- a movie with Mexicans in it. The Mexicans support. He makes money. He continues making movies. Uh, Tyler Perry got his core group that follow him. He's very successful. If we just said, okay, there's a Latin director or a Latin artist or a Latin somebody, and it seems decent. We should support, but we're all conditioned. You go to the movie theater, you see a poster, the Latin uh, Christmas movie, and you see the white Christmas movie. We're conditioned to go to the white movie because we just feel that's the better movie to go see. That's and the we, blockbuster. And we go see the <laughs> and we go get the Latin Christmas movie uh, on the street for five dollars. And we just where be, none of the money yeah. goes to the people that yes. actually actually yeah. made it and put it. No, the the, the whole issue. Yeah. I mean, the, this whole theme of supporting our own is ve- is very very important. I want to thank you all for being with us uh, for this yes. episode of Street Soldiers Hispanic Heritage Month. Audrey Puente, check her out on the Fox Five News at five six five six. I'll be on 10. tonight six and ten on Fox I will, Five. I'll actually, be out with you. Oh no, I'm actually, <laughs> hey, tonight's Newscast at 6 is actually at 6.30 because of football. So. Right, we'll be on it. Ch- check Audrey out on Fox 5 at 6.30 and 10 tonight. I'll be on there too. I don't know what story I'm doing yet, but I'll be doing something at uh, 6.30 and 10 and during the week, of course, 5, 6, and 10. Ulysses Torero, check out his website, Ulysses Torero, T-E-R-R-E-R-O dot com. Uh, Yuli, thanks for being with us. We really appreciate it. Also with us, uh, Lumi D. Lumi, good good luck with everything. Yes, we really thank appreciate you. it. Y'all can hit me on Instagram at yeah. Miss Lumi D on Twitter at the Real Lumi D, and um, I have a website logimusic.com That's for my own record label company that I've been building. And um, yeah, the mixtape Lumi is on datpiff.com right now. And um, yeah, and there's a whole bunch of singles on iTunes. A whole check bunch, a whole bunch. <laughs> and videos. So check it yes. out, supporter. Also, thanks to Joel Ortiz. Check out his album yes. uh, House Slippers. Thanks for calling in. And of course to Ruben Diaz Jr., Bronx Bro President. Could he be the first Hispanic mayor or governor mm-hmm. or Why president not? of the United I can States? See it. It could happen, right? I could see it. How about that? All right. Anyway, this episode of Street Soldiers was made hot for you by Metro Plus Health Plan. But you better give me the exclusive to the announcement so we can put it on Fox 5. <laughs> this episode of Street Soldiers was made hot for you by Metro Plus Health Plan. Are you a small business owner? Register on hot97.com slash Metro Plus for your chance to win free advertising. And I got to thank my whole crew here at Hot 97, our program director, Jay Dixon, digital director, Jeffrey Thacker, promotion director, a uh, Production director, um, the one and only Dom Nero, our board op, digital assistant TJ, yeah. the one and only yeah. El Unico. Okay. <laughs> Unico. Uh, my, and of course, my executive producer, the one and only Tone Capone, our associate producers, um, Rafaela, Rose D, Amber Ravenel, and uh, thank you to all for, to all of you for all of your support and help. Follow me on Twitter at Lisa Evers Instagram, Lisa Evers Live. And if you just are tuning in, you want to hear this show or previous Street Soldiers episodes, or find out what we're going to be doing next week, which we're bringing in some big dogs in business. And they're going to tell us how they did it, because I want to know. Um, <laughs> so that's going to be next Sunday's show. But you can find out all that info on LisaEvers.com. You can also see my Fox 5 videos and, of course, Fox 5 News at 5, 6, and 10. To be a part of this show in any way, we're going to be doing a show coming up in the future, um, near future, about children whose parents were incarcerated. This week I was at Newark Federal Court, Real Housewife of New Jersey. Oh, Teresa mm-hmm. Judice and her husband are going to be doing some federal time. 
They have uh, four girls. Amazing. We're going to be doing a show on what it's like growing up when one or both of your parents are locked down. So if you grew up without your parents because uh, one of them was not there because they were doing time, let us hear from you. You can hit up my producer, Tone Capone. Tone, the number four, real at gmail.com. Tone, the number four, real at gmail.com. Have a great week. And remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Push for peace. And now, another Staples business tip. Getting your company name out there is the best way to get publicity. 